Hey folks, welcome to the Wally McWalterson Show. Uh, today I have a special guest. He's a grunge punk rocker, let's not sugarcoat it. He's uh, as tough as nails can get and gritty. Well, back in the days anyway, let's see how, how he is now. He's probably like 60 and uh, slow and whatever. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> let's welcome Chris Waltz, folks. What's up, man? It's good to see you. That's a good uh, 50-year-old sound there. Is that what you you think you're going to sound like in 50? Uh, if, if I make it there, I'm hoping I'm like, oh, who knows? I'll probably just be like a more degenerate version of myself or something, but we'll see. You know, when I see uh, old punk rockers, it, when I lived in New York anyway, there were these like guys that were like, 50 and they still wear leather and they're, they're still the old school punk rockers still smoking and all this shit and uh doing the same not the same but i guess yeah same jobs and it to me if i were a kid back in the days and i saw their band i would be like man i look up to them blah blah, blah. but then as I, i'm getting older i'm like damn man these guys are not as cool as they used to be anymore like and i feel <laughs> oh, yeah. and i don't want to I don't want to shit the shit with any, you know, old school punk rockers, but, you know, I guess at some point we have to grow up or something. Yeah, well, I mean, dude, it's like I've, I've thought about that and seen that. I mean, one thing is like it is cool about punk rock and like I'm like a part punk rock of like played it. But like everyone's actually a mix of something. And it, it's but the one cool thing is, is is you can be like any age with punk rock, you know, like. Guys in their 50s playing punk rock doesn't look odd. Like, pop punk, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> true. But, like, but it, it doesn't, it's not out of place, and it looks cool. And I think even from, like, the fashion standpoint with it, too, though, it's like when you see that, there is kind of that where someone's kind of dressed like a 20-year-old that looks weird. But I feel like there's certain styles, like, when you age, you can pull off better. Like, if, if you are that age, you can look cool or than if like a young kid wore it but you just have to know to like do that transition like certain clothes look cooler on a dude like in his 40s and 50s and they're gonna look a 20 year old you're gonna be like are oh, you wearing your dad's clothes but then like <laughs> that guy will pull it off and look cool so it's like i feel like you have to just get like a balance of that but, yeah you do because you could yeah I, I always wonder about so you know as i'm getting older i i do miss the skinny jeans and all that shit you know but uh yeah you know, I feel very comfortable with a little bit more loose, you know, let the, let the junk a little while, loosen the cage a little bit, you know? I like, I feel yeah. better. It's just relaxed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I don't look good, you know? Or used oh, to dude, dude, no, but you're good, man. You just gotta, like, I don't know. I, I make the joke to everyone. If you watch clothes, man, like, like clothes aren't headed in the direction of tight anymore, though. It's going back to baggier. It's just like us joke around being like old people. It's like I work with like kids, like the job I work at now is like the first job I ever had where I wasn't the young one. And like, I, you know, I'd work with kids in their early twenties and then I just would literally just be like, wait, like that's cool again. And like, I'd like look at like the clothes, like the girls would be like wearing baggier stuff. I'm like, wait, that shit's coming back. And they're like, yeah, I'm like, actually, no, I'm kind of glad in some regards too. Cause like, Yeah. Like the skinny jeans got too tight and it was just like, I bought some baggier <laughs> jeans and I was like, this is nice, man. It's like, no, this is like some of the skinny jeans, like those are fucking dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you it's need like, like you're a right. happy, happy medium, dude. Like this, like the skateboard companies, like I don't always buy it, but they've always like, they never went too tight on their stuff. Like if you could like 
check out some like with the pants made by them and stuff like they didn't go that tight and i was like no i should have just wore those the whole time because it looks yeah. cool it does. <laughs> you know they're more flexible too because skateboarders have to be more yeah you know, so that works out perfect but yeah you're right man um the skinny jeans have gotten more skinny skinnier and they kind of like us you would see some guys that look like they're just wearing um what do you call those leggings yeah i guess they look like yeah. they're just men leggings and yeah it's just, too much. I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're covering your stuff with your guitar. Thank you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and there's obviously like some cultures of every culture. Yeah. Like, like, oh, we'd always joke around. Like, like I was never into that like emo movement that came in like the 2000, like probably like seven to like 12. Like we just missed it. But I never, like, would make fun of the kids into that. Like, I would make the joke to guys in my band. I'm like, I don't like that stuff at all. But I know if I was born two years later, I would have been in the thick of it and probably been super into it. As much as we want to say we, like, pick and choose what we like, it's like I grew up with bands like Rancid and No Effects and Lagwagon and Melancholy because, like, I was smack, like, even Blink-1-2 in Green Day, like, in the age of that stuff, like, mm. one band's Warped Tour, like, the first part of it took off. So it's, like, that skater punk was, like, what we were, like, exposed to. And so it's, like, even when there's new stuff and I don't totally love it, but they're, like, the kids are into it. It's, like, man, like, if we were born then, that's what we would have liked, too. So it's, like, See, try that's to a, just, like, yeah. That's a healthy outlook, bro, because, um, you know, it's very easy to judge a kid, you know, like, the fuck is he wearing? What, you know, but Bob Dylan said it perfectly. Either No, he didn't say this, but, yeah, well, he said times are changing. But I always think either you roll with it or you get runned over. So you go with the time or, you know, you're just going to be one of those sounding old folk kind of guy, you know? Yeah. And there's always a balance to it too. Cause it's like, you also like, you know, you can also laugh at the people that like never stop dressing like what they did in like their heyday. It's like, yeah. you know, like you'll see frag. Now it's at the point, like you'll see a guy who was just like wore the regular clothes from like the nineties. And it's like, dude, like, you can still wear the same thing, just like get the modern equivalents of it. And I swear, like your girlfriend or your wife will be like, "Thank God." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I remember. But, um, I remember. I used to wear a fucking necklace, right? And they used yeah. to have like a metal cross or whatever. And I think I mostly got it from like Dave Grohl or metal bands, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so I used to think that shit was cool, and it still is. Trust me, it is. But yeah. I remember it finally came off because I wore it for like fucking, I don't know, six, seven years. And uh, I f it felt weird to have it off. But then afterwards, I'm just like, you know, it's it's actually not bad having not having something on your neck. It's like, fuck oh, it. Oh, dude, it's just, you always got to change it. Like, it's just like stuff will happen and change. Like, I can't say, it, dude, I'm always covered. Like, I've always had like, we make the joke like, you know, we were skater punks, but what comes with that was always like, you know, you get crossovers with some crunchier people. And then like people are just like, yo, I made you these bracelets and like that. And you're like, oh, that's cool. So like, I'm the opposite, dude. When I take this, like this stuff off, I feel so naked. Yeah. I'm like, I'll look in the mirror. I'm like, I look weird. Like my like torso is misshaped because there's not a line there anymore. <laughs> like. But I wonder like, if that's I, what I'm going through. I feel like maybe I need to go back to that, like the necklace shit. And 
I don't know. And the rings. I mean, I have my rings, my ring collections, and uh, I haven't worn them. And I guess living in the island, it's kind of weird to or hard to wear all these rings because dude, hot weather, and I like I don't like wearing rings either. Like like because I like everyone does, but I like puff up and get like skinny. Like you like you swell and de swell, and I hate when my fingers feel restricted. And in like the warm weather, you're just like, oh, like, get off my hand. I get all like claustrophobic. I think we I'm like, like OCD something. Yeah. We, we sound like women <laughs> just complaining. My yes. mascara. Oh, God. This is hot weather. Look at us. This is supposed to be a show about music, this episode anyway. And we're talking about fashion. <laughs> oh, Dude, it's it's, it's, it's I, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's funny. A, it's a breath of fresh air, man. It's That's like, true. Yeah, I talk about dumber <laughs> bullshit all day long. This is always fun. <laughs> oh man, I love how we we segwayed into the fashion world. I'm definitely gonna plug fashion or hashtag fashion. There we go. I know. I'm I'm sitting here in a Carhartt. Like, take yeah. take your fashion by this go. kid. Yeah. Well, Carhartt. So yeah. for those folks that don't know, Boston and Carhartts. I mean, they go hand in hand i mean it's just a part of their lives yeah. you know it's like because in the winter time it's fucking freezing yeah and, uh, i miss that man i miss that cold weather man it's like yeah i thank god like with the shutdown and everything i'm in everett massachusetts right next to boston and and they built a big casino there and then one good thing like i don't give a shit about casinos but they like they took this like kind of like just old industrial land and cleaned it up and made this park where you can like do this big walk around it and i mean oh, nice. i i gotta give it to them after like the lockdowns if i didn't have that thing man i would have gotten insane that's like my yeah. one thing i can like get out and go walk around and just like get the hell out of like my place and it's like yeah. I, I still go out and and like do stuff you know i'm not completely shut down i mean there's some risk to it and i take precautions but i'm not like a shut-in like i know people like don't like leave their house I'm, like i don't think i'd survive touche to them for being able to do it but like I, I need to take risks and go out like yeah dude i know man like i i know that my friends were joking around that they were like uh because i left in february and they were like if you stayed, because you would, you're, I'm the type of guy to go out. I was living in Jersey and heading to New York every, almost every day. I would be the guy that's always out and I would be cautious, of course. But then at that time, I wouldn't know much about it, right? None of us really knew. Yeah. But I would be out all the time. And I, they were joking around, you would probably be one of the cases or that, you know, someone yeah. died because you're so social. You got to go out. And yeah. you got lucky you got, you went to the islands and all this shit. So maybe they're right. So. Yeah, dude. Not so I know I, be, bro. I feel bad for you guys. Um, let's talk about how you started with uh, music. Um, was it a guitar so, or was it always a bass? Well, I'm probably everyone's story, man. I'm not special. So what happens for ninety percent of the bass players is uh, you say, "Screw it, I'll do it." <laughs> like <laughs> that's how it starts. Which, but I mean, and that. Like, I don't think Paul McCartney said that. Oh, yeah, screw but Paul McCartney. <laughs> I to tell you the truth, there's probably a thing. He was like, "All right, George, you're pretty good at guitar, and John, you want to play guitar? Like, who can play bass? Like, I'll do it. Like, probably, man. And no, trust me, I obviously appreciate the instrument, but that's dude. That's how it starts, like nine percent of the time. But yeah, I was a little kid though. So it really was more like I started playing guitar 
when like fourth grade, but that wasn't really serious. So like I played guitar, learned like the basics, didn't really play. And then wanted to start a band basically in like junior high, which like where I'm from junior high is like seventh, eighth grade. So at that point, it was the same thing. I want to start a band. I know 50 kids who play drums and 50 kids who play guitar, not a single kid who plays bass. So I was like, I want to put a band together. So I'll be the bass player. So Ballsy. that's how you end up doing that. Uh, and obviously I grew to like, like I honestly like love the instrument. It's I was like, going to say, you know, bass players get a, not a bad rep, but just a rep of, uh, the softy in the band, you know, the the easy going. But I mean, you tell that to Lemmy, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's fun. And, you know, the first time I bought a bass guitar, it was late. I mean, it was around, I don't know, six, seven years ago in Los Angeles. I just bought it at, yeah. at, at one of those like pawn shops. And I just wanted to try it out. And I just had so much fun with it, man. It's just... And I'm not gonna say it's easy because it's not. People would think that is, but uh, I think because I have a rhythm, like a drummer background, I can follow the bass properly or something. Maybe that's why I grew. It, ti- timing helps a lot. Well, it's necessary. I, I made the joke. My other band, we'll talk about it later, was in the studio. You know, part this week. And a couple weekends ago too, and it's like I—that's the one thing. If you know, if I was ever a music teacher and even teaching guitar, I kind of hate that. Or like as a band, like long as the drums and bass are like on time, like the guitar can get away with whatever. It's like, or you can just not be a lazy fuck as a guitar player and just stay in time, and then your band will sound really good. <laughs> it's like. like it's not that hard. If you actually practice as often as you do, you should be able to stay in time. Like, yeah. It's kind of, you, it comes with the territory. <laughs> I, I believe, you know, you, uh, you, you start growing a metronome in your head. You know, it's not, I mean, it's all repetition. Once you do it all the time, you put in the work, that timing is there. It's like walking the heartbeat. Uh, you know, it's just always there, man. And, well, and, there's a, a big difference too, like, you know, I'll choke around with it too. It's like you can immediately tell who learned to play by themselves in a room, and then also who learned to play like as a band. And neither one's right or wrong. Like, and you can switch ways. And some of them have like, usually those people that learn to play the alone have like these really like their their small individual like micro skills are really technical and good and down pat. But that's where they're gonna struggle with like their timing and like they're like kind of like just kind of reading everyone else on like yeah. when to change and little changes or like getting a hiccup and all doing it together. Cause the way I learned is just, I'll probably played thousands and thousands and thousands of hours. Like we used to practice like six days a week, plus all our shows and like go on tour. But I always played with other people and play by yeah. myself. Tell you the truth. Like, you know, well, everyone gets pissed off about everything these days. Playing bass by itself is not that fun. I mean, I do it all the time and there's fun stuff. But to tell you the truth, if I was stuck like on an island and could have a guitar or bass and I'm a bass player, I don't see myself a guitar player, I'm probably taking the guitar because I can still like do all my little bass stuff if I want. Yeah. Like, all right, I'll outline a bunch of chords, figure out a bass line. I can do that with the guitar. Just the bass alone, it's like, yeah, like, like. Even like and even like drums, like drummers too. It's like I, there's drummers who play a lot alone, but like 
at least me and my drummers, I'm like, man, it's way more fun to have a drummer if I'm going to play bass. Like, it's 50,000 times more fun. I'm like, oh, we can play off of each other now instead of me just sitting there like, boom, 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 boom. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> sure. Yeah, you're right. Like, you know, if I have a song in my head and I just want to write a quick dr- uh, demo, I would use a garage band or something. And I don't like to press buttons. I like to actually play the instrument. But yeah. if I don't have a bass, I'm going to use the guitar and I could still come up with a bass sound so that later I could implement like a bass, an actual bass. Yeah. So I do the same thing. I just like, you know, fuck it. I just use the guitar. Yeah. And like, and, and one thing too, it's it's like a weird thing. Like I, I don't like the stereotypes that bass gets put into. Like that's like one end of the spectrum. But then the other end of the spectrum is like, I like I have seen people like like really good guitar players like pick up a bass and was like, oh my God, like he's amazing at that too. I'm like, actually, he's just like literally just like, that's not really playing bass. Like if that kid was like band and he's playing that as the bass line, I'm like, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. But <laughs> but there is a difference in the rules, but sometimes those rules get pushed too far, man. It's like, you know, it's like just for gear alone and, and doing stuff. It's just like, oh, the most annoying thing is the people where it's like, real bass players don't play with a pick. And I'm just like, well, I know that dude sucks at bass then. Because like, if you're if you're saying that, like, it's like, you know, you can play with these two fingers with your thumb, you can slap it, you can even play with three fingers, you can play with the pick, you can do all of them. It's like, if you're only picking one, you just suck at it. Like, sorry to break it to you. It's like, I literally play like with a pick, most songs I'm playing with a pick and my fingers. You just tuck the pick up. You keep playing with your fingers. You flip the pick back up if you want more attack. Sometimes they'll pluck it with your thumb for a little bit, like boom, 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 then hit the pick like super hard. You get a different sound of it when you do that. And like the people, like it's like it's only proper to play like this. And I was like, I know exactly how you play. It's it's not fun or cool. Well, <laughs> well like, Chris, uh, how much do I owe you for this lesson? I just learned something right there with the pick. <laughs> Dude, it's not me. You see I know, I know, I know. People do that. I know you. You love the Foo Fighters. That guy does it. Watch, he'll tuck up the pick right here. He holds it. Some yeah, people yeah. like to hold it there. He tucks it yeah. here. We play with his fingers and he flips it back out. Like flips it back in. Do the same stuff, man. They just it. It's a different sound. Well, even like, with guitar, you know, like I would when I'm strumming, and then I want to. Then if I have a song there, I'm gonna switch it to just fingers. I can't tuck it. I had an issue in the beginning tucking it. So I would put it on like the edge in between fingers. Yeah. You know, on the Our outside. The guitar would be a little harder because like when I flip to one finger, like to my fingers and I'm playing with a pick, like especially in the punk bands do that a shit ton. Yeah. Um, I'm only playing with one finger, which is funny. It's like this finger is way faster than this one now because I yeah. use it more. <laughs> like, but um, For the yeah. podcast guests, uh, for the audience, I should say, they... They don't see what we're doing, but we're using a lot of finger movements. <laughs> yes, we're just fingering each other. We're just on, fingering on each other. <laughs> yeah, that's why I wanted to come on here. Um, well, that I was saw, fun. Like, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, it was. I'm always down for a good finger session, bro. Yes, uh, it's been a while for me. Now, yes. I want to ask you, um, you were talking about when you first started music and just deciding to join a band and uh, be the bass player. So I know you from Dead Cats, Dead Rats, you know, was that yeah. your first big uh, band? No, 
No. Okay, what was the ones before that? What were the ones before? So, like, I have a feeling a lot of people go through the same story. I mean, maybe not. I'm sure it's different. But it's, like, it's always, like, kind of transitional. You know what I mean? It's, like, yeah. what I mean by that is, like, the very first band I ever played with was, like, me, my buddy Jay, my buddy Alex, my buddy Marky. There's always, by the way, there's there's always a Mark in Boston. There's yes. always a Marky yes. somewhere. You might have met Marky and Veer. He was the first drummer of Dead Cats Dead Rats before Travis. Maybe. I don't know if you ever met him. The first like two, really like three recordings, that's him playing drums. Okay. But I'll get to that. So what happens is like, yeah, our first goofy ass band was called like Table Nine. It's from the Wedding Singer. Yeah, we're never good at naming bands. Um, <laughs> it's not. It's not also, fun, man. <laughs> it's not yeah, easy. No, we're also like kids, literally. Yeah. So like that band, literally, <laughs> like then in high school, I met Poochie, who from Dead Cats and Rats, Matt, and and I always knew who he was. And, like, we had lockers by each other. And, like, you know, I would see all those, like, punk rock pins. Like, we all liked the same bands. But I didn't know the kid. He was, like, the grade above me. And then, like, eventually, like, and he would, like, always be, like, playing guitar in the hallway. And, like, I would, too. And, like, it was just kind of, like, cordial. It's like, oh, yeah, like, I know that kid. Like, and like he sounds pretty good. It was cool. And then I don't even know really how it happened. I think it's, like, you know, I met him. I was working at, like, a gas station. And uh, it was just like this little like community store, but there's a like, gas there. So he shows up one time with his, he ran out of gas on his dirt bike, like somewhere off in the woods. And like, that was the first time I actually like talked to him. It's Cause it was like, I had to like get him gas and all this stuff. I'm like, Oh, what's up, man? Like, where the hell did you come from? And so then our lockers were near each other. And then, so from meeting him, um, you know, I would talk to him and then just, I don't really know where it came from. But it's like, want to jam sometime? And I was like, now, did yeah. you do it? Did you do it in uh, like in a note and then you slipped it into his locker? That would have <laughs> yeah, been cuter. Yeah. That would have been very punk rock, Chris. <laughs> no, it was like, it was like, it was kind of funny. It's like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, isn't it hard it was, to ask somebody in the beginning when you're a kid, hey, do you want to jam? Because, you know, you could do that now as an adult. It's easy. Like, all right, let's jam. But when you're yeah. a kid, you're like embarrassed. You're like, is this right? The right way of doing it? How do I? Uh... Well, he knew like I had a band and I knew he had done stuff too. And like, I think, and this is cool. Like it sounds nerdy, but like he was like a chorus kid. So like what I'm getting to is like one of jams with him. It was like, it was kind of cool to like play with someone. It actually knew how to sing. And I don't, and even present day, like there's really good singers band who aren't proper singers, but like that kid like actually knows like, all right, I'm playing these notes. I'm going to write a melody that actually is are notes that aren't in this chord progression that can actually go outside of it. And it's melodic. And it was like, holy shit, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds way better. Like I I'll, I'll agree. I, I'll agree with that, man. When I heard, uh, which is my favorite song from, from you guys, uh, no money, no honey. Yeah. Um, he does have a part where, there's some distortion, so he goes high on his pitch and his voice, and it's very Kurt. I mean, this is the only way I could describe it, but I'm not saying he's Kurt Cobain, but I'm just saying like like that's how Kurt used to do it too. This is yeah. the stuff I noticed. I'm a sound guy, you know. I'm not a technical guy, so I would notice yeah. that if it's a little distorted, this part the voice goes a little high. He like knows how to pitch it properly, so that yeah. was when I saw him, Matt. 
Yeah, well, yeah, he could write straight up melodies, which you don't always have to do. Like, there's great bands that aren't super melodic, like on their melodies. Like, you can have other qualities that are good, but like, yeah, like even his old stuff too, because Big Casted Rats got grungier, was like, he definitely came from like the Green Day school, yeah. like of, of singing, like that style, which it's harder to do, which him probably signing up for chorus class was a good idea, because like, I mean, as much as that seems on punk rock and cool, like if you actually want to be like a decent band, like the cool thing about that teacher, you can say whatever you want. It's like, oh, I just sing that part. And be like, yeah, you suck. You're completely flat the entire time. <laughs> it's yeah. like, how about you bring the pitch up? It's like, oh, that, that does make it sound better. Like, how about we should do that? Yeah, it brings but, a little um, bit more uh, like ahead of your time. Yeah. Speeds up the and, process a little more. Yeah, and so... Dude, once I played with him, like, you know, the other bands kind of like people like did their other things. And like, I don't know, he kind of started playing. We just started writing songs with him and our buddy Alex and Mark. So like we had that band and that band. So then eventually there was a band called 80 Proof. And it was like Poochie, me, Alex, and um, this our buddy Matt Pert was his name. So that was like the first like more serious band we had we played all the time actually started playing like shows and that was more like when we all went to college and we played up was in your gloucester what was your first show like man do you remember that first show like like the first show with that band yeah you know like that first feeling of a crowd you're like oh this is fucking awesome oh first shows there was no crowds man really <laughs> like, yes. just the living room yeah pretty much yeah well that th those living rooms ones actually had that but i mean dude we were like we were like 17 18 so we'd go play bars and have to get like the the x's on our hands like we'd go play in worcester yeah. a bunch and like at the lucky dog because that was like the only place that would let us play and so like we would do that but then really what happened like it actually probably made me play music and all those other guys it's like there was just like a scene up in gloucester massachusetts so we would just play up there with like and that was when we were in college and that like turned into like a scene like we didn't mean to do it but you know it's like the same like six bands in rotation would like play there and all of our friends and then friends of friends and all the same people would go so even like you know the bands are part of the scene but the people that go to it's part of that so like you know, at certain points, there's like a hundred something kids who we all know each other because we're all going there every weekend. You know, the lineups of the bands would change a little bit. You'd have like random other bands come in, but you would, you know, at least I would go there and know like 50 people there. But like, that's like where like our kind of like roots kind of came out of there. Yeah. Once that shut down, it's like we kind of moved to Boston now. So like 80 Proof always played that. And then when we got a little bit older, it was just like, I don't know, I guess for me personally and the Matt too, like we kind of just started getting into darker music, like not so like fluffy stuff. Right. And that's where Dead Cats, Dead Raps came from. Like where it's like, I mean, dude, we were always kind of in the middle of that. People were like, you're a metal band, you're a punk band, you're a grunge band. I'm like, oh, whatever, we'll be any of those. Like, Just I don't... book us. Yeah, like it's like, cause like the punk rockers would say we're not punk rock, the metal kids would say we're not metal. And then like a lot of people like, well, you're just grunge. And I'm just be like, yeah, well, it's like, I kind of okay. think we're taking the best of both worlds. So it's like metal kids have zero groove half the whole time. So it kind of gets boring. It's like, it's like almost like, like stoner metal. Like stoner metal is just 
metal that still has like sex and groove to it and not just like that's just like a classical composure like like cool that sounds what i really want to go do in my garage <laughs> uh i'm not gonna jump on that one because my next guest will be a oh, metal yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. No, I'm kidding. I'm Dude, kidding. They, could say, they could say the same shit to me. Trust me. I'm I know. not saying I'm right. You know, you know what? Obviously, I play music and all that, but I love to hear all sides. And yeah. I can easily groove to the Beatles stuff, or I could yeah. groove to, you know, Nirvana and Metallica and Slayer. You know, so whatever. You know, it's music. Who gives a shit? So yeah. if, as long as it makes someone happy, great. It gives a fuck. Dude, exactly. And like what I was saying, it's like, I'm not right in any means. And there's great bands and that just personally, we always like, like stuff on the little bit of a groovier side of things. Yeah. Like Black Sabbath is a metal band, but like those guys are still just playing dark ass blues, man. Like, and it's like, I'm not taking it all back to blues, but they are like, there's still groove to it, which I like the tangent of metal came off of that Queens of the Stone Age and like Red Fang and bands like that, like which gets called like stoner metal, whatever it's called. That's the stuff I like. Uh, Queens of the Stone Age, they're from California, the desert, really. And yeah. those guys used to, Josh was always like like a stoner and psychedelic kind of guy in the desert and coming up with music. And he played in this band called Caius. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Yeah. And yeah. they were going to open up for Metallica before they broke up so that kind of sucked and yeah because like that band could have been big but maybe that's where stoner metal came from because i think they just always did drugs and all this shit and got high and you know but they still have like groove like i make the joke it's so cheesy but it's like dude there's a lot of modern rock that forgot like like sex drugs and rock and roll and a lot of them like kept the drugs in the rock and roll but like forgot about the sex part (laughs) like there's there's like like queens of the stone age is like in in a good way that's still like strip club music i want to talk about me the first time i saw you guys it was at the middle east uh club i don't know if you remember that place because it was like i think it was like a restaurant up front and then in the back it's a small little you know stage yeah that's the small like called the middle east upstairs i mean that's where we'd play like we're not like we're not Rather play a smaller room and try to fill it up than like a big empty room. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, that was the first time I had long hair and I, dude, I was just like blown away. I was like, this is the best fucking punk rock band in Boston. And uh, you guys were, man. You guys were two time. I bet you didn't know this or you didn't know I knew this. I'm sure you knew it. <laughs> you guys were two time Boston Music Award winners in the best punk band, right? 2010, yeah. I think, or 11. Or both. It was 11 and 12, I think, maybe it was. That's fucking cool, dude. I'm super thankful for that. And, like, there was people that helped us get there by, like, playing us on the radio and everything. Like, a lot more, like, other people that allowed us to get there than, like, us ourselves. Yeah. Um. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm not ungrateful for it at all. But, like, it's not fully us, man. Like, there was so many other good bands and even like that, we joke around about like had like some negative repercussions and good ones too. Like I'm not going to be a dickhead about it. Like obviously helpful, but then also sometimes bad man. Cause like after that happened, we just got asked to be played with like all these times. Like we wanted to go play with other bands and bands that are like bigger than us. Like we wanted to be like the little kid brother band, like 
not the one it turned off is like oh like can we like open up for you guys i'm like yo man we're not like pulling <laughs> we're still trying to build our own thing here yeah. so like we joked around dude like like for like four straight years after that we played at like 1 30 in the morning every time we played because it was like well you guys have to headline you've won awards i'm like I don't want to play at 1.30 in the morning. I'm going to be blacked out drunk and falling asleep. I've <laughs> <laughs> been at the bar since six when they told us to get here. Yeah. It's like, you know, we know Boston sports. So it's like uh, bringing up a, what do you call it, a triple A or double A player into the majors or minors into the majors. And he's not ready yet, you know, but they see potential, you know. So yeah. it's mostly well, like the outside people, not the inside. That's 100% it, dude. We weren't, yeah. we weren't ready for it. And like, and so like, we're very thankful for that. And it was a cool time and like, awesome. That, but like in no shape or form, we were like ready for that. I don't think we ever expected to be like some band that really like takes off or anything. It's well, that's like, a beautiful just, part of it. You know, you guys, that's how you guys put your heads down and you work. I mean, that's kind of, that's what you really want out of a band. I know because kids nowadays and I'm not going to say all, but there are a lot of kids that just press record, manipulate the sound because we have that technology and they put out a song, but they don't sound that great when they're playing live. And that's because the lack of practice, man, just a constant like forget about fame per se or forget yeah. about, you know, trying to be known. Just put your head down, put the work in the music because music is your expression of what you've gone through or experience and just put it out and have fun and share yeah. that with people, on, you know, in front of you, man. We practice a ton because we loved it. Cause it's like, I'll start at first. It's like, cause my buddies out there still play. And like, if you do want to make that your primary living, like I got it, like, dude, they've already done way more than us in like work ethic, like living on the road like that. It's rough. It's not fun. Yeah. It's not like everyone says like, that sounds great. Like I didn't like it. I didn't like going on tour at all. No, you didn't? It was like, no, I like fucking showering and like sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't like, it's like, it's like you're camping in Walmart parking lots and showering like once a week. I like just smell like a fucking butthole. It's like was the... greasy and gross and just like, and like eating shit food. And it's like, oh man, like, if you're a little bit bigger band, like I don't need to like stay at the Ritz, man. But like literally, if I could just stay in like a Motel Six every night, like Fuck, then it would yeah. be cool. Yeah. Like I want to shower. Like I want to not have to hold taking a dump for fucking like four and a half hours or at the right location. Well, so let me ask you about you know after Dead Cats, Dead Rats, um, you know the whole story behind. As soon as you join a band, it's already breaking up now. I don't know if you want to go deep into Dead Cats, Dead Rats, because uh, I know it's still like a fresh wound, sort of, say. Oh, dude, it's not at all. I played with those guys last night. We're right. Good. So I feel <laughs> it's, you know, I feel like there was time, right? There was enough time. Yeah, we were bored with stuff. It was just stale. And, and like that happened. And it's like we didn't ever. It's not like it's over. Like I'd go play Dead Cats, Dead Rat show. Like I totally would do that. Um, like I said, I played with the guys last night. So like in all reality too, it's like what happened is we were kind of bored with that. So us, all of us started a band just with my brother. But so long story short, my brother's the lead singer of that band. And that band, like Garneros, who I'm still playing with now, like love playing with them. It's like, 
Granados is, is, is a rock and roll band. I would never consider punk rock. There's punk yeah. elements because me and Travis play in it. And Poochie was in it in the very beginning. And like, we'll invite him to come play too on stuff. And like, he just got busy with life stuff. Right. And so like, we have Granados and like, I play shows with them and record them. Still play with them like all the time. We're like recording now, but yeah, that's that's a flat out rock and roll band, which is nice to do. It's like I love. Yeah, I saw. Rock, but like, so when I when I saw the um, when I saw Graneros when you guys were in overalls in a barn, at first yeah. I thought my first indication was like. Oh shit! Chris is gonna do country now. Fuck! It's over. No. no. <laughs> but then, then I heard the song, and then I'm like, "All right, it's still rock and roll." Oh yeah, dude. As as much as like we want to try to do kind of other stuff, like there's always yeah. it's like it's like even Carneros like would still laugh. People would be like, "Oh, like I don't know who to like pair you up when we first started with," and I was just like. Dude, I know I have, I keep telling you guys, like, this isn't a punk band, but I swear to God, we're still heavier and louder than every single one of those punk bands you just lined us up with. Like, Travis <laughs> is playing drums. Have you heard him hit the fucking drums? Have you heard my bass rig? Like, we don't play quiet. Like, it's just I love, a rock and roll band. <laughs> I love Travis's uh, story. Uh, I, I remember this. Um a lot of people don't know this, but I had the Fish and Wally podcast, and you totally forgot about that, too. And... Uh, and we had you guys on and, you know, this was like triple A, if you say triple double A, whatever type of yeah. podcast. And it was before podcasts were podcasts anyway. But uh, we had you guys on. And I remember Travis telling me the story where the only reason why he became a drummer was to lose weight, which I, that for some reason stuck in my head. Oh, so, no, that's not true. He played drums. That's what he before. said. No. <laughs> well, that's what he said. That's his words. He, he did lose a shit ton of weight once he joined our band because we were like, we were super into the Queens of the Stone Age where it's like, you yeah. know, the evolution of drum and snare, like drum, snare, drum, snare, dude, drum, like bass, bass, snare, bass, bass, snare. And Queens of the Stone Age loves that. Yeah. Which is just like, all right, you're going to do that for the next three minutes. And then the kid was just, would be like drenched. And then it's just like, yeah. you watched him over like two years, literally lose like 60 pounds. <laughs> um, hey, I'm just repeating what he said. And that's what got oh, stuck yeah. in my head in that, you know, I'm not, you know, making fun of it or anything. I just think that's a oh, cool yeah. story that, <laughs> no, uh, his, because most because most people would say, you know, I got into punk because, uh, yeah. you know, I have edge, you know, I have something to say and I want to rebel. No, I just wanted to lose weight. And also he had a neighbor from my grade and Travis went to a different school than me. And that's pretty much how I knew him from playing those shows in the art space. And his neighbor was a buddy of mine from like my grade, my high school who grew up down the street from Travis and friends with Travis and Travis is like four years younger than me. And uh, his name's Matt, Matt Connery. So Matt started bands and just was like, Travis, you're going to play drums pretty much. Like obviously Travis wanted to play drums, like his decision, yeah. but he was like the baby. Like when Travis even first joined dead cats, dead rats, and he'd been playing in a bunch of bands. He was only 20. So like when we go on tour, like, you know, you can't like sometimes drink. People, yeah, people, you can't drink and still you'd go somewhere and be like, we heard it's okay. Like you can't come in here. Like really, man, 
till they're like, just like give them X's. And then I just be like, all right, let's go in the fucking van, Travis. I'll buy you beer and we can chug them. Right. <laughs> so they, you know, you're not going to stop yeah. a musician from drinking. There's no way that's going to happen. So, yeah, exactly. Do you remember um, making the video of uh, No Money, No Honey? Oh, hell yeah. I always make fun of you for that one scene, and I know the scene you're oh, thinking of. everyone does. <laughs> Dude, my friends have made memes of me from that thing. It just says, oh, I, I think I started it, bro. I'm pretty sure I started it because I like... Uh, it, probably. I, I'm pretty sure, and I had this idea of making T-shirts with that scene and you saying, geez, Louise. Now, for any of our audience, I want you to YouTube... No money, no honey. And uh, in the beginning, there's a little, you know, uh, scene where they're scoping out. What were you guys doing? Were you checking out the girl or were you checking out like some robber or something? Or So we were, I think we were, so me and Poochie are supposed to be like cops. Yeah, um, that's what it is. Yeah, and, and then like, so we're on like a stakeout and then yeah. like. <laughs> yeah like that girl changing is like the guy that made the music video is like my buddy from college he's an awesome kid and like that's now like they were dating but now that's like his current wife too so he's like all right we're just you're just gonna just we're gonna have like um my girlfriend going there and just like the slow of her like you guys have to like pretend to be like checking out through there it's like jesus jimmy that's just <laughs> I'm like i'm friends with, I've, I've been friends with her since college too i'm kidding no it was like it was fine it was awesome but yeah like well you know he could have just shot it out he could have yeah. shot it in two different scenes though you didn't really have to look <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. james mccarran um james mccarran yeah, just try to track him down. He lives in like the Massachusetts area. Um, yeah, yeah, like I'm sure he's always down for like still like film projects, and he he does fucking awesome work, man. Yeah. Awesome well, guy, man. Well, big shout outs to uh, Jimmy or James yeah. uh, because uh, that music video is fun to watch. Yeah. yeah, and so the one scene where you bring out the binoculars. In England, they say binoculars. So I don't know why I keep saying that. I'm not from fucking old England. Uh, binoculars. I think it's because I heard it a lot in Richie, uh, Richie Guy movies, uh, like Snatch. Oh, I constantly oh dude, yeah. Dude, I it. love those movies. Me too, man. All of them. I love Did I, you see I, the I new one? Oh, hell yeah. I've watched it like three times. The Gentleman? The gentleman? Fuck yeah, yeah, bro. Fuck. Dude, that movie cast, fucking rocked. Yeah. Uh, um, dude. I... I even love, um, I don't know if it's weird. Or not. I even, I love the fucking Sherlock Holmes movies too. I, like I haven't his, seen them. I don't know why. I just think. Uh, it's Robert Downey Jr. and Gene I know. Law. I, know, I, I know. like, but they're still Guy Ritchie films, man. So it's like, I, I like them. Yeah, his style is awesome. It is fucking awesome, man. Yeah, so back to that, that scene with you guys. Like you brought up binoculars and uh, you just looked at Julie, was it her name? Yeah. Yeah, you look yeah. at Julie, the character, and not actually. Yes, Julie. yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I just want to say, like, you know. Actually, I want... no, 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 I'll give her props. She, she's a very pretty woman. So I was. <laughs> and uh, was this improv or was this like written? No, no, and that was a written line. Damn, that would have been awesome. Why I'm even more awkward because he's like, all right, dude, he didn't give us very many lines. It's like, you got to say, geez, Louise, right here. And I was like, Fuck you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect, man. And you were like, yeah. you know, the binoculars gone. You're like, 
Jeez Louise. And I'm just like yeah. cracking up. That was my first reaction was just laughing. I'm like, what the, who says that? Yeah, he's yeah. from Boston, all right? Everyone says, geez, Louise. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. That, no, and that video is great. And we've had a lot of people make videos and, like, everyone's different styles and, like, always been, like, so thankful for it. That one was, like, the first, like, one that we put, like, lots of, like, production effort into. Yeah. Like, it, it was filmed in a bunch of different spots over a bunch of different days and spent like hours upon hours just on the filming. I like never left Jimmy's like pre and post like work on it. So, yeah. yeah. And it looked like fun, man. It looked like you guys yeah. enjoyed yourselves. It looked like just a fun video. So fucking yeah. big props, big ups to uh, Jimmy over there. Yeah. Don't you, look, man, you were, I was like excited that you were coming on. And uh, to shoot the shit because we haven't talked in a while and uh, I haven't seen you. I mean, we text all the time, but we haven't uh, seen each other in a while. And I'm like, I'm buying fucking PBRs right now. And I'm holding this in my hand right now. It's a can. I'll have some later. I have to go back to work for a little bit. I hear you. I hear you. Son of a bitch. I have to use my brain for a little bit. I'm like, oh, damn. Listen, man, I haven't drank PBRs in a long time. And uh, fuck, look at you. My accent's coming back. Uh, but uh, fuck, I can't wait till we uh, hang out, man. I'll try to um, head up there sometime in the summertime or, you know, fall in time for the Red Sox and all that shit and have some fun. And yeah, uh, man. it'll be fun to catch up again, man. Dude, please always feel free to fucking just fucking hit me up, man. <laughs> so down. Of course, brother. All right, man. Thank you so much for being on the show, bro. Uh, Thank you, we'll man. talk soon, Chris. All right, let's finger each other again soon, bro. <laughs> oh, next time I am going to put a vapor. I'll have a technique where I put vapor loop on my fingers tips. And oh, then it'll be much God. more meth. I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> I'm ready. I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> I'm it's the PBRs. Say no more. All right, <laughs> All right Chris. Later, brother. Later. Later. Well, there you go, folks. Um, what a good episode. As all the episodes are and uh thank you guys for listening god damn it i mean you could be doing a bunch of other shit like taking care of your mom or your dad but you're here you're listening to the wally mcwalterson show and trust me that stuff does not go unnoticed so thank you so much guys uh until fucking next week six more days it's a long time right without some wally in you in your ears Right? Earbuds, whatever you want to put Wally in. The podcast, you dirty animals. But, guys, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, uh, thank you for Chris, our guest tonight, and also the theme song from Complicated Animals. This would not be a podcast theme without it. Just like Indiana Jones would never have the podcast song to dun 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 dun. so if that clears up any uh notion there you go have a good night guys stay classy you fucks